those nights when one drink with the girls turns into a bottle, but you need your car for brunch the next day. There's pickup. Or at Friday work drinks, where you don't want to leave your car with expensive tools at the pub. There's pickup. Don't miss out on the fun. Get a pickup. Simply book on our app, and we'll pick you up to drive you and your car home. Two drivers arrive, one drives you home in your car, and the other driver follows. Download the pickup app today. That's PKUP, and wake up worry free. Jack LeBrock. Hi, I'm David Reynolds, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars. We're continuing on our winning theme, and we've now got a winning race engineer, Tom Moore of Erebus Motorsports, the race engineer on car number nine. Welcome, Tom, to the show. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks for having me. It's wonderful to have you here. Now, Tom, you've got a real leg up. You've been with uh, Erebus since 2017, but you got a real leg up last year when Alistair couldn't travel or, or decided not to travel at that time mid-season last year. So you were then thrust into Dave Reynolds' race engineer. It was obviously a big learning curve, but uh, you were ready for it? Yeah, it was, um, it was definitely interesting and probably... Obviously, everyone was surprised by the situation we found ourselves in um, midway through last year. Um, but I'd had I had a lot of support from Al at the same time, so I knew that we could we could do the best job um, that we could do. Um, Al was obviously yeah incredibly supportive back from Melbourne, and, and we had um, obviously a great team with Barry and and that sort of thing around us. So um, it's it's it was really good being able to observe the relationship that Al and, and Dave had over so many years. So it was I was doing my best to, to fill Al's shoes and. And sort of they're, they're, they're big shoes to fill at that. So um, it was it was it was interesting, but yeah, it was a great great uh, dip, dip of a toe in the water. Um, obviously, the, the formats and everything last year were a little bit different to what we were used to. So um, it was a really good learning curve for, for moving on afterwards. Life changed dramatically from 2020 to 2021. COVID things still remain in place, but the dramatic change was that um, you got the curveball because you knew that. Uh, Alistair was, well, wasn't going to come into the year and Dave Reynolds was leaving. Um, I'm wondering as to when you got the nod that um, you're stepping up to be number nine and you're getting a new driver and it's a whole new ball game. When did that happen for you? Um, it would have been very late 2020 um, that we sort of, we got told that, yeah, Al and, Al and Dave were moving on officially. Um we knew that obviously Will had the contract with Erebus, so we knew that he was at least one of our new drivers. Um, and I had a great relationship with Will over the past sort of th- two or three years prior to that, where he'd been a co-driver with with Anton for a couple of years, and then Dave. So we got along like a house on fire. And um, I think once we knew there'd be arrangement in place of of me stepping into a race engineering role, I think I I subtly requested to Barry and and Will subtly requested to Barry that we we'd be able to work together in the future. So he um was happy to marry us up together and, and we've, um, yeah, it's gone from strength to strength ever since. Obviously, it was a very different year this year because uh, you had these four weeks at Sydney Motorsport Park. You had been, you know, running in the top 10, if not top five, uh, a good number of the meetings prior. Um, it, it, it obviously prepared you uh, that last year, what it has heard. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's sort of, I think in a way... The probably the the race engineering sort of um, session management 
part of it and even the, the driver management throughout races and that sort of stuff, it was really good to to get a feel for it with an experienced driver like Dave where he was able to, if I got something horrendously wrong, he would sort of, he was able to pull me up on it and he um, he knew that, he knew what we, we should have been doing so I couldn't go too far awry last year. Um, so then stepping into this year, I already had, you know, a few rounds under my belt as far as as far as managing a driver in a car and a session like that goes. So um, then to have work with someone like Will as a rookie, who I still obviously consider myself a huge rookie, um, we were sort of we weren't just the blind leading the blind. We had a bit of an idea of what we were doing, and yeah, like you said, we've um, we've definitely surpassed um, initial expectations at the start of the year. I think I was. I was probably happy to be top 15. We sort of set our sights on um, what Anton had done previously as a rookie in the team um, where he'd finished in the championship. So if we were top 15, I would have been quite happy because that means you're beating you know, the best part of 10 cars. And then the fact that um, leading into Sydney, we were sitting 10th in the championship was, um, was yeah, it was, was very exciting and, and um, yeah, definitely exceeding our initial expectations. Tom, when did you... A, you want to get into motorsport, and then where was your first professional step into it? Um, I was sort of around cars and motorbikes from from a young age. Um, grew up in a, a bit of a rural setting outside Canberra. Um, raced a little bit of motocross in my in my high school years, and then uh, I think I sort of had in high, mid high school. I went, oh yeah, I'll, I'll become a mechanic or something like that, just so that I'm, I can stay around cars and that sort of stuff. And then Dad went, oh well, you're doing a ride at, at maths and physics at school. How about you give engineering a go? And then one thing led to another. Um, ended up studying mechanical engineering at the University of Wollongong. Um, I met a guy at uni that was working um, for Matt Charter actually in the Dunlop series at the time, and got to tag along to a few test days to him and then ended up working with um, Matt Charter in 2016. Um, and then towards the end of 2016, sort of uh, after your third year of uni, you need to do sort of a three-month back work sort of work experience period and use the contacts I'd um, made in the Dunlop series to reach out to any and every supercars team owner or manager I could get my hands on. And, and Barry was um, – Barry was nice enough to say, yeah, we're looking for a young uni kid to come down to Melbourne. So I made the move down in, um, well, I sorry, did part-time in 2017 with the team and then moved down full-time at the start of 2018. So it was one of those things, that sort of right place, right time, make the right amount of phone calls. And I remember as a sort of a young guy trying to crack into the industry, everyone you asked, you say, how do you, how do you get into such a niche industry? And they always said, oh, it's just right place, right time. And obviously that's the worst thing you want to hear because you go, well, how do, how do I put myself in that situation? But when you actually go through it yourself, you 100% agree. That's how it all unfolds. <laughs> and was race engineering a supercar? Was that the end game, or did you did you want to think about going overseas and trying to do any any sort of racing there? Um, yeah, a little bit initially, I did. It sort of interested me, and I think the more time I spent in the industry, the more people I spoke to, um, supercars sort of the appeal grew on me. The more I learnt about racing overseas um it probably sounds a bit weird but you have like if you take formula one for example yeah you might go over there as an engineer and your job is to absolutely optimize one corner of the car or a suspension arm or a bolt or something like that whereas in in supercars because the your realm is so much bigger you learn so much more because you're dealing with so many more facets of the car um as far as a controlled category goes we have quite a lot of freedoms compared to a lot of other disciplines such as gt3 and that sort of stuff so as much as traveling the world and that sort of stuff seems appealing on face value the more you sort of delve into it the um the more i sort of understood that 
I'd probably enjoy myself more at home. So um, I probably had some aspirations for that in the early days, but I sort of focused my my efforts more locally quite quickly afterwards. Did you, as you were then setting that goal and setting yourself for the race engineering job, were you then ticking off things that you were seeing from Alistair and other race engineers that you wanted to try and accomp- uh, one wanted to adopt, and two, um, because it's such a people management position, were you looking at how you develop your people management skills? Yeah, hundred um, percent. I feel I feel very fortunate to have been able to work underneath underneath Al McVean um, for the first few years of my career. He's achieved so much in the sport over over a, a, such a long period of time and um i remember just i would quiz him countlessly every every early morning drive from melbourne to winton for a test day or anything like that it'd be i'd be handering him with questions in the in the early days so um and like i said before i, I admired the relationship he had with dave um the relationship he had with the mechanics that he managed um so i really really tried to model myself off him um, really ever since then and I think even the boys make jokes now that on the on the cans on the radio I'll I'll say comments or phrases and they say it they think I sound exactly like Al because that's just sort of the the person I'd listened to for so long and the, the person I sort of aspired to to try and emulate at some point in my career so we're obviously such good friends still at the moment and keeping close contact and whenever we have a good result he's often one of the first people to text me and, and congratulate me I'm sure Tom that you would have heard of Claude Ruel yep um, I was lucky enough to attend the, his 12-day course, and one of the interesting things, of course, is that uh, Claude talks about it's all very well getting a car and, and uh, having it fast, but do you know why it's fast? Have you <laughs> now uh, you've shown that on soft tyres and hard tyres at Eastern Creek, you've got the measure of the car, um, but do you know why you're fast there? Yeah, yeah, I think it's – I 100% agree with you. I, I was um... – did a did a Claude course um, a couple of years ago actually as well and it was um, yeah so for I think a good example for that's probably the first round at SMP we were quite we weren't good out of the truck we sort of it probably appeared you know in hindsight that we rolled out of the truck straight away quite well but we were the boys weren't happy with the car at all and sort of the first practice session on Friday and we developed a um, a bit of a self philosophy after Townsville I think. Um, the results definitely showed that we were strong for the first towns around, but the second towns around, we definitely, definitely weren't. So that that made us sort of go, well, maybe we didn't know why we were fast in Townsville 1, so we needed to put our heads down and go, we need to make sure that we don't re- replicate that where where you lose pace relative to the field. Um, so where we definitely, George and I definitely worked hard and came up with a, a pretty strong philosophy after those rounds and, we rolled into the first Sydney and, and had some issues that were similar to what we had in Townsville 2 and we applied the philosophy which we believe was a problem at Townsville 2 and thankfully it quelled all the problems that we had at the time and we've been able to operate within quite a small window since then. So it's um not that I'd say it's we're lucky that we've been able to do that but it's it's fortunate that we've gotten it right at one circuit and we just happen to be racing at the same circuit four weeks in a row. So um, there's probably a couple cars out there that are struggling here and they can't wait to go home or go somewhere else. Whereas we're sort of enjoying the fact that we managed to get a ride at one track quite well relative to the field and we get to, we get to race there four weekends in a row. Now you've, uh, you've talked about Alistair McBean and the impact he had because you jumped in there right from the start with him. 
you were actually tasted champagne at Bathurst in 2017. That would have been rather nice. Yeah, that was – that's – um, it's funny. Like, I – at the time, I definitely didn't appreciate what, what the team had done. Um, I still, to this day, feel like I – my contribution to that win was was probably the smallest out of anyone in the team. It was my my first year working as a data engineer in a in a main game supercars team, and at that I was only doing it on weekends. I wasn't even with the team full time, so um, it was it took quite a while, and even days after that that Bathurst win for a lot of even um, older people in my life to go, you know, mate, I've been watching this race for thirty years, and you probably don't understand what you've achieved, and and even for people in the industry to say there's there's engineers in this team and. Uh, sorry, engineers in this industry that have been racing here for 15, 20 years and have never won it. So um, to say, to be able to hold the Peter Brock Trophy and to have photos taken with it and to be there underneath the podium on the day is something very special and hopefully something that we can we can replicate again in the not-too-distant future. But, um, yeah, it was a very special day. Um, it was, yeah, I appreciate, appreciate it very much that I was able to be a part of that. You've got beside you in the garage one George Commons. Now, I've known George... Gosh, it must be getting on for 20 years. Uh, I knew him pre-Formula One days and uh, back in the Larco days. And he's a delightful young man. And uh, not that you see him as a young man. He's probably a granddad <laughs> to you. God, I must, be gra- I must be a great grandfather to you. Um, but George has a great outlook, a great attitude, and uh, is somebody who works very hard at what he does. And I imagine that would be a, a great to have him on the other side of the garage. Yeah, one hundred percent. He's um he's fitted into this team so well. Um, I don't think you you could have you could have moulded an engineer better to to suit our sort of team ethos and culture. So um he's obviously as you touched on his his days in Formula One and even back at Larkin Motorsport. He's he's been around and seen so much. So it's um I'm incredibly fortunate to be able to learn from him um and pick up on everything he has to teach. He's he's a great teacher. He he shares his wealth of knowledge um, happily. Uh, he, um, it's very easy to say that the the uh, success and performance that Will and I have had this year would not exist without without him being brought into the team. So um, we're very fortunate to have him, and he's a, he's a great fit at Erebus. I imagine that you know, obviously uh, Betty has uh, part her regards to you, and obviously to Will uh, about what they've uh, given to the team. It, it must be tremendously exciting to be around, a, you know, a relatively young team that might have a few old heads, but not many. Yeah, it's probably one of the one of the most enjoyable parts. I think um, I don't couldn't tell you the number off the top of my head, but probably the, the percentage of of people in the team that are less than you know twenty eight years old is great. But it um it helps it really helps build the culture of the team because we're just like a bunch of mates that are all of the similar age, whether, you know, as if we were schoolmates or uni mates or something like that, that we get to go racing together. So there's the bond between us all is, is quite close because we are so young. And then I think when we do have, when we do taste success, it's, it feels um, not unexpected, but um, probably more, more satisfying, more gratifying. Um, You feel, um, like you've probably outdone yourselves more because you're so young and compared to a lot of other uh, more experienced people in pit lane. So it's um it's one of the very special things about Erebus and I think it's it's something that's quite unique to us and a, a great asset to us is our is our culture that that's brought on by having such a young sort of average age amongst the group. Tom, 
your first win, solo win as a as a race engineer, what has that meant to you? And what does it do for your approach to how you go through next weekend at Sydney Motorsport Park and then on into Bathurst? Um, it's, it's, it's unexpected. It's, it's surprising, um, which probably doesn't make a lot of sense because we've, it probably seems like we've been quite close over the last few weekends, but I think the whole sort of since we left Melbourne and have been up in Sydney as a whole, the whole trip's been unexpected. Like we always expect to do as best we can, but the results we've had relative to the field have, have definitely been better than, than I would have thought. Um, it's, I don't like getting ahead of myself. We sort of, you know, we were fortunate that to have the two triple eight cars having a bit of a tussle behind us, which bought us a bit of time. Um, you know, the podium on Saturday, we were fortunate to have the safety car at the right time, which brought us forward. But you you need the car speed and you need to be in it to win it. So um, it's it's great. It's sort of, I don't know, there's a, there's a lot of late nights toiling away as a data engineer, sort of hoping that at some point you'll you'll be promoted to a race engineer and then at some point you might taste success. So for that to happen so quickly is I'm just very appreciative and I'm very, um, it's very satisfying and um, I feel very lucky to be in that role. Um, and to, to have been paired up with Will, who's an incredible driver, and I say it so much, but he makes me look very good. Um, uh, he he does he does such a good job, and he's just there's nothing that he won't do that you ask of him. Um, but moving forward, it's sort of I don't know. I wouldn't say that you know you walk around pit lane, you know, with your head held that, that much higher as if to say that you 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 feel like a race winner. It's it's just the same. If, if anything, it just makes you want to work harder and, and keep your head down and, and make sure that you can replicate the form. I think there'd be, there'd be nothing worse for us than for us to leave Sydney and, and not be able to replicate this form elsewhere. So, you know, the expectations change. Um, all of a sudden, you're expected to perform and expected to replicate what you've achieved. So um, there's a bit more pressure. So we need to just make sure we live up to those expectations and, and thrive under that pressure. Tom, you're very right that, that Will is a, a driver of uh, exceptional skill and ability. But the great thing is that uh, he's got an engineer equally that's giving him the weapon to go and do the job. Um, look, we wish you all the very best uh, here and beyond and that uh, know that we'll be talking to you again in this role in the years to come. Um, you've oh. done a fantastic job uh, in uh, what's asked of you. And now I just ask you to make sure, give Barry Ryan a kick in the shins for me and tell him that he's an old fart and he doesn't belong there anymore. <laughs> no worries at all. No, thank you very much for that. I appreciate it. It means a lot. Thanks, Tom Moore, for joining us on Inside Supercars. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.